Woodford sets off upfield. He wants a speedster to run onto it. He might be the quickest. Oh, he kicks. He kicks ahead. And now Corey Oates will come. Oh, Oates with the one-handed pickup. How about that? Asako in behind them. He's confused. He didn't know whether to kick or whether to run. He takes the ladder option. Jermaine Asako will score. Broncos fans, and welcome to the round one preview episode of Broncos Weekly. As always, I'm Mitch, and I'm joined on the line by our good friend Simo. How are you doing, Simo? Yeah, not too bad. How about yourself? Mate, I'm doing all right. Is this not the upset of the year that we're back <laughs> in preseason before a game started? We're back. And we're excited. Like, I'm, I'm keen at this point. I mean, we always are at the start of the season, and then you get to round eight, and it's like, you know, Broncos versus bulldogs on a rainy thursday night or something and you just you know you don't want to go on well this is a good way to open the podcast but i'm keen for rugby league but i'm not keen for our team so sorry people who came here for positivity <laughs> and enjoyment this is broncos misery weekly ish um but yeah it's at least keen i've been since 2013 for a season and um yeah, I think there's a good reason, despite us having lots of talent in there. But yeah, it's uh, it's weird to come into the season. I'm really, really hanging out for some footy, but uh, not hanging out to watch the Broncos go to Townsville. Yeah, I, this was this is a couple of weeks back now, but when the night started, man, I was keen for some rugby league. And I I missed a few of the games the first night, but I got up early the next morning and put on KO and caught up. And But it was like, any time the Broncos played, it's like, man, this is just miserable. Yes, that's it. Well, I was over in Perth in the Nines, and we sent a pretty good team on paper, and that seems to be the bon- the Broncos' mojo right now. <laughs> good team on paper. Then the moment the tournament started, it was like, uh, do uh, sorry, for we our game started. I was like, do we realise we're playing a game of nines? Like this is not the same format. Maybe don't go three hit ups in a set play. <laughs> like, oh, no, no, you know, we don't need to recap all of that. But yeah, it, was, it wasn't great. It wasn't great at all. It was miserable. And then, uh, yeah, we were only lasted two games. Anyway, how, what else have you been doing in your season, mate? How's the personal life? Uh, yeah, no, it's pretty good. I've been, uh, yeah, working a fair bit. Also, I think I got into it towards the end of last year, but doing a fair bit of mountain biking too. Yeah, mate, and a, um, and a bit of, uh, you've been raiding dungeons as well in your spare time. A lot of hobbies. Yeah. yeah, i got a lot of things to spend my money on. There's not much else to do in Rockhampton, so, you know, find some hobbies. Yeah. And you're also starting um, about a million dynasty uh, fantasy football teams as well, so... <laughs> I, I got two. That's it. Two, but you're looking for more. Trying you're get, definitely trying to get third options. off the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Anything to take away the pain of Seabold coaching my real football team. That's all right. Fantasy coaching, that's, no. where, that's where it's at now, mate. <laughs> yeah. But, yes, what about yourself? What have you been up to? Uh, mate, well, my uh, my beautiful Russian missus, my Russian girlfriend Anastasia, arrived in the country, what, last Thursday. So I spent the whole last week, you know, pretty much out and about, not doing much. Sorry, doing a lot, sorry, not doing much at home, which has been good. Um, over the off-season, usual stuff, mate. Bullshit. Waste my time. 
talking about, keep keep telling myself I'm going to pre-plan for both the podcasts I do, and I'm going to do this and do that, and none of it ever happens. <laughs> and then, um, my sister had a baby, so I'm also an uncle now too, which is um, that's just a thing that happens, I guess. So, yeah, that's fun. But yeah, that's all. Nothing, nothing that exciting, mate. Yeah, I think I've, I, I think we always do, but yeah, I've definitely enjoyed having the off season and tuned out about as far from rugby league news as I think I possibly could for most of it. Um, not that the NFL really helps take my mind off it these days, but you know. Well, that's it, mate. Like you know, as you know, working in footy, it's um, hard to tune out. But I definitely had my best off season of not like paying attention to news or rumor or speculation. Like, people hit me up every now and then. I'm just not interested in it. It's like, whatever. Like, even, like, oh, God, last... I remember, like, last December in the office, I had someone come and ask me, like, oh, yeah, how do you, how do you think Asako's going to go at fullback? And I was like, mate, I'm like, he's not going to last at fullback. And he's like, what do you mean? I was like, mate, I don't just... I was like, I don't want to talk about this now. <laughs> it's too too far from the season to talk about takes. When I said I got no faith in Seabold sticking with him, I said he won't make it past round five. And the guy bet me, and I bet I bet him a case of beers, and I already got that case of beers today. So that's <laughs> that's about as much I got involved in rugby league news and rumours. But I just tried to stay out of as much of it as I could. So off season news, uh, a lot happened, and a lot happened. And for a while there, I almost considered doing an off season podcast, Simo. Then I realised, no, save that misery for pre season. <laughs> um, yeah, I would. Start on the top of the misery. Yeah. Oh, I just would have been not super keen. <laughs> I yeah, I think I reached out a little. A month, <laughs> a few months. Yeah, I think I think I flirted with when I was bored in like December, and you were just like, "Nah, mate, <laughs> get out of my house." <laughs> That's uh, it. So the top of the uh, the misery news. I mean, this one it just we knew it was coming, and of course it was. This feels like Broncos karma for me, but yeah, we signed Brody Croft. And not only did we sign Brody Croft, <laughs> we seem to have given him the keys to the kingdom. I think he's part owner. I don't know what he's done there. He's co-captain this week. Uh, yeah, he's um, signed on to be a halfback. Apparently, he's you know now going to be a field general, and he's signed for three years. He's going to lead the team around, and he's this and he's that, and uh, he's all these things I haven't seen him do. But it's really fun, isn't it, Simo? We signed the one guy I said last year quite publicly that I would take. I want less than Cody Nicaragua, so this is great. I just had an idea. What do you think? Maybe that this happened. That when he came to the Broncos, he went and bought some shares, and then he rocks up at training on the first day, and he shows Seabold, and he's like, "Well, I pay you now. Like, you work for me, <laughs> um, so you got to do whatever I say." <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I do feel like he does listen to whatever the place tell him to do. So, that, that, yeah, that could I, be saw, true. I saw that. That was. Um... Yeah, oh, mate. Even when the Joe O getting done for his drink driving and the same old crap from um, sorry, driving offence and. Poor White's like, oh, Joe's very disappointed and remorseful. Boys will be boys, Simo. <laughs> boys will be boys. We're a harsh club. But anyway, back to Brody. I'm at that point now, like, obviously I don't rate him. And the only thing I don't want you rate him is if he starts playing well. But it's like I'm almost trying to talk myself into, like, maybe by default him doing a terrible job at steering the team will somehow make Milford better just because Milford just has to worry about running around. That's like that's the point I'm at. That's my main hope. <laughs> I'm just at the point now where I got to like round 13 last year, where it was like, I just I don't feel like I'm going to be writing every result. You just like you just sit there and you just watch football. Like I don't have really 
any hope at all for this team to do anything. It just that's it, mate. Like you've got obviously Croft, which is who we're talking about now, but then like for some reason Asako now is just on the out, and Bird is the fullback, which I don't really get. Like, yeah, Asako had the year he had last year, but like we mentioned also last year, he spent half the time covering for Boyd because Boyd was doing nothing. His dad was sick. Like, I, I still think he'd do a better job at fullback than he was on the wing. Um, yeah. And so now we've got a bench of him, McCulloch. And I don't even. I haven't even checked. Yet. Yeah, we'll cover that later. But yeah, the faith is low. You know, it's just. It just seems like there's just so much happening just to make sure we can fit Boyd in this team somehow. Still. That's it. That's it. But this this Croft stuff, though, mate, it's just one of those things. Like, we signed him, and then, as usual, as we do, they've dumped all of this pressure and expectation on this guy. Of a guy that you know, maybe given up, you know, if you if you brought him up there and gave him a chance, as you know, a backup and early spot or something, maybe it works out. But already right now, I'm like, fuck, we've caught, made him a. He's a co-captain this week. He's part of the leadership group. They're talking about him like this player who steers teams around just because he has a seven on his back. But I, I've seen him play rugby league, and I feel like people are talking about him. Some I haven't seen him play. He couldn't have been further away from a, a you know a, a steering halfback. At the sh- at the storm and potentially Cam Smith was blocking him from doing that, which sounds ridiculous. Like Cam Smith was blocking Munster or, or Cooper Cronk from taking charge. Like miss me. Um, so it's kind of like you're hoping somehow that the storm are wrong on him, and this, and Cam Smith is wrong. Everyone else is wrong, and that somehow we're right. And I don't think betting against the storm's player assessment has worked out very well for many people over the last few years. But that's what we've done. And given the keys to this guy, and yeah, like put all of our eggs in his basket that he's going to be the seven, and then you know, what if he doesn't work out? We're going to go give it, give it another kid a shot. Brilliant, more children. Well, like as far as him also steering teams and stuff around, like I know people always have a laugh and a joke about this one, but there was literally a set where the storm was setting up for a field goal where Cameron Smith had to grab his shoulders and run him into position and was like, "Stand here, and then I'm going to run and pass you the ball." Like. I don't know how you can be a seven in the NRL and not know where to stand on a field goal set. Like, you stand behind the rock. <laughs> but, yeah, that's it. Like, you cannot tell me that the player that has to have that happen is like, no, no, he really is the next Cooper Cronk and just Cameron Smith, the greatest player to ever play the game. He was the one on causing him general, to just mate. look terrible. On field general, mate. He just is. Okay? Because he wears a seven on his jersey. He just is. And he couldn't seem less natural of a leader either, mate. Like, having, you know, seen him be a, oh, mic'd up on the field in the nines, and then also in the, Bron- the Broncos put out a couple of um, videos through that week showing his pre-game huddles and similar. And it kind of looked like, you know, when, you, when you're younger and you, and you played footy, and it's like in pre-season, and, and the, the coach decides to give the captaincy to, like, you know, the really good club player, or, like, maybe his son or someone who's, like, you know, a nice kid or whatever, but gives the captaincy to a guy who just doesn't, wanted so he like gets into the huddle and he just like says what he thinks he's supposed to say but doesn't say anything cliches yeah yeah that's what Croft was like it was like you just gotta like tackle tackle and like keep from down there and like run and kick and chase hard and yeah yeah boys (laughs) okay he reminds me like his off field like not play because this other guy's better as far as playing goes but Mm. And, like, three people will get this reference. But, like, Andy Dalton, when you hear him talking in a yeah. huddle and trying to stir up his team, and you're just That's like, it, it is the most uninspiring thing you've ever heard. 
Um, that's it, man. Like, yeah, like you man. said, it's well, just we nothing to all. Leaders are like in society. It's nothing. It's we know like, what yeah, leaders are like, mate. We've, we've, you know, we're all men. You just, Go on, sorry, yeah. mate. Oh, it's just that's it. Like you hear him waffle, and it's like, oh, we're all not on the same page here, are we? <laughs> no, I <laughs> think, I think, yeah, someone's, so, someone. I mean, we're really putting in a Brody Croft here, so. We are okay. We'll just we'll just let it go. That's Let's just, just leadership. Move on. We're not, we're not we'll just pass it. Let's move past it. So that's happening, and we're going to try and. We'll, this will obviously be something we'll talk about every week for the next twenty six weeks. Move Can't on wait. past that. Yeah, so fun. So t- retiring news is, is, is so Matt Gillett got medically retired. That was a a blessing in disguise. But uh, then I was I was like, finally we got we got like I don't hate Matt Gillett, but we need to get rid of that contract from the club. He wasn't playing well last year. I was kind of excited at what we could do. We lost fifty-eight nil, and I thought maybe this is the start of the turnaround. But instead, we uh, we use that money to sign Croft. But yeah, Gillett's gone, and then finally Darius Boyd's confirmed retirement for the end of this season. And people sent me this that news that day, asking me if I was happy, and it's like, no, he's still playing this season. Doesn't solve any of my problems. <laughs> oh yeah, it's just. Remember when there was that news going around about he had to play 15 games and it was straight, it was after the 58-0 and everyone was like, you know, Sebes won't let him play 50, 15 games. He'll, he's going to bench him and send him back to Q Cup and then his contract won't be, you know, proper and we won't have to have him the year after. And, and now it's just like he's retired so that he gets to play every game this year or something. Yeah. That's it. And I feel like he's just going to play more now knowing that he's confirmed his retirement before the season kicked off. And then he'll get to the end of the season and be like, nah, next year I'll retire. Yep. End of next and it's year. A, yep. And uh, this is another thing that I heard that the, the Barris Boyd starting this week. Like Seabold said, the players asked him to start him. It's like, mate, do you make a single decision on your own? <laughs> like, are you, are you in charge? Like, no, I don't think so. No. Like, I don't think one player would actually be wanting him in the team after how he was playing last year. Like yeah, and I don't care if he's training the house down, mate. Like the, we've been through this before last year. I don't care how well you train if you don't doesn't turn up on the weekend. Yeah, I mean I've been in teams with my mates where someone's not playing well, and like no one's happy to have them playing like that. You'll yell at them, and you'd like you know you go find someone else to play in your touch footy team. That's it, hundred <laughs> percent. That's it. Oh well. Anyway, so those guys are retiring, and it's just—it is sad that those guys are retiring, and I don't feel anything, but still, like, I'm still somewhat Eight. bitter. <laughs> like, yeah. as we've said before, Broncos players usually get pushed before before it's too late. But no, I'm just bitter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. right uh, next, next bit of news. God, this is... You know, it's a long off-season where I still haven't got to Fafita being in a Thai goddamn prison. <laughs> we mentioned it earlier. Joe O got suspended for two games for his third driving-related incident. It's not drink-driving because he didn't actually get caught drink-driving, but his third driving-related incident. Brilliant. This this incident is like the Jordan Kahu of driving incidents. It's like... It's just not knowing the rules and <laughs> getting done with yeah. something stupid. <laughs> but it's also uh, one of those things like, mate, you've, um, you know, you, you it's something stupid. It's like you've got two previous incident, like offences. Maybe you should kind of understand the rules. <laughs> you know, maybe. 
Nah. Don't worry about it. No. Just fall asleep no, in your well. car drunk. Yeah, that's it. Whatever. And then, and then yeah, he's only got two game suspension. And I like I like Joe O. People know this. But I, I've had an opinion since the start of last year that uh, that the, the club has been pretty soft on off-field behaviour. I would have used that as, as something to set an example. I mean, we had another thing this off-season, like J- Matt Lodge punched Jack Bird, and that's not even in, not even on my thing on the list. I mean... Like, Parisi got done for drugs. Like, again, not on my list. There's just so many little things keep adding up, and that's just... That's it. The sign of the culture at the club now, mate, is like, just because there's nothing major happening, it's like little things keep happening. Yeah, and like with Offer Hangawi too, he's not like he's the world's greatest player. If you decide no. to make an example of somebody, like he's the player to do it with. Yeah. Y- you know, like you're not you're not going to not win a premiership because he's not in the side. Like he's not going to be the difference. So, yeah, it, it's just disappointing too. Like when just another thing just keeps happening every two, three weeks. There's just another stupid little thing somewhere. Stupid little thing, exactly right. And then, um, may as well do the feeder one next. Dave Fafita spent time in a prototype prison. <laughs> oh lord, that's um, that was that's a funny yeah. one. I mean, that's one of the ones, mate. I just laugh at that because nobody knows what happened. But every rugby league fan who wasn't a Broncos fan wanted him hung in the streets. That was a funny one. Yeah, but I just love the photo with them all smiling afterwards, and it's like. <laughs> The guy's only smiling. He just got like punched. He's like he's only smiling because he just got a suitcase full of like pineapples. Like, yeah, oh, but it's, it's such a funny photo. Yeah, and people wanted it like that. The tire digital system to stand up or something, but it's like, do you guys understand? Like, it's like do, you don't understand corrupt. Southeast Asia at all. Yeah, it's the most corrupt yeah. country ever. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm sure most of the people. Along, you know, listening to this, probably a fair few of them been to Bali. People know what that place is like with cops. Mate, if Chappelle, Chappelle Corby played for the Broncos, she never would have been, never got out. Because <laughs> uh, obviously, obviously, public wouldn't have got behind her. And she was a bloody criminal. <laughs> <laughs> she played, yeah. yeah. If she played for the Broncos, she'd still be in bloody prison. <laughs> Instead, now she's like an Instagram influencer or whatever. Yeah, that's it. Or, and hangs out with Todd Carney. Or whatever, just, great, great company. Um, yeah. And then, I guess there's other off-season news too. But, you know, we're not going to go over all of it. One other bit of major news is Matt Lodge's injury, which is a partial ACL tear, which could mean from from stealing great work from our good friend NRL physio, it could mean one of a million things. But essentially, it means he could be back, you know, by round six, could be back by like round ten, or it could not heal up on its own. It could be out for the season but essentially it's not a f- complete ACL tear the club reported that he actually had a partial ACL, th- ACL tear before he's opted to not go with surgery and hope it heals up and if it doesn't he's out for the year but it's just good that we had about 15 backs in our top 30 and um, he gets injured no now forwards. all of a sudden we look thin as <coughs> yeah I mean yeah I don't really have much else to comment on that one you just I guess you got to wait and see how it plans out, pans out that's it uh, I could go other, over another news. I reckon we'll cover this stuff in um in the preview though. So I reckon we'll skip to the preview, and I'll probably end up mentioning the same things anyway. But um, yeah. Oh yeah. And Parisi got done for drugs somehow. With uh, I mean, we don't even know full charges there, but it's another thing that just happened. And, we, and like, I'm a really big Isaiah Parisi guy, and everyone who listens to this podcast probably knows. But I have no idea why we didn't just use it again to sack him. 
Like, he, he's not going to be there next year, most likely. There's no spot in their back line for him. He's off contract. Seems doesn't seem to like him. Just sack him. Set yeah. an example, but we didn't. Oh, wait, one more bit of news. The Jordan Kahu contract. What? <sighs> <laughs> like, what? I just... I don't get why you would pause a contract for a year to just help out a team that's, like, a, a rival. I have no idea what happened. Like, like, can you can you imagine like Liverpool ringing up Manchester United and be like, "Hey, can you just pause a contract on one of your players? We just want to borrow them for a year." Yeah, yeah, no worries, we'll do that. Yeah, it was like the whole weird thing. Like, obviously, like it was announced as they got re- released him, and um, like I guess they thought maybe it was like you know release you, and if you don't get don't get a deal next year, you can come back. I guess they thought he that never happened. But here he is. Didn't play like any of the preseason games with the first team. Clearly not going to play a game for us this year without injury crisis. But there he is, soaking up 400k of our cap, and we're going to blame Wayne Bennett for it because that's what we do. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's good fun doing that. You can keep doing it for years too, as we've seen. So you know yeah. we, we've always got an excuse why we're not winning. We do. It's always someone else's fault by the people at the club currently until they've left the club and then it's their fault. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we actually are not allowed to officially blame Seabold until Seabold's left because we can then blame him when the next guy sucks. I think that's how it works. Look forward to it. That's great. Okay, let's move on to uh, the preview of this weekend's round one game. So, uh, round one, at a new stadium, the Brisbane Broncos take on the North Queensland Cowboys. It's called Queensland Country Bank Stadium now. And uh, the history between the two sides, uh, they've played... Oh, I've changed my tab. Played 52. Uh, Broncos, a very winning record. We've won 34, lost 16, drawn two. But as we all know, recent times has been not not so much in our favour. We've won four over the last five against them, but over the last few years, they've won most of the important games. Anyway, Simo, team list. Right, yeah, so for the Broncos, we've got Jack Bird at fullback, Corey Oates on the left wing, and Katoni Staggs inside. Well, he'd be on the other side, actually. They've got this numbered wrong. Darius Boyd will be playing left centre, and then Jesse Arthur's on the right, uh, Anthony Milford and Brodie Croft, the halves. Mm. Front row of Thomas Flegler, Payne Haas, Jake Turpin, the hooker, David Fafita and TPJ the second row with Patrick Carrigan, the lock. An interchange, Jermaine Asako, Andrew McCulloch, Reese Kennedy, and Jamil, or Yamil Hopawato. <laughs> Jamil will do. Jamil. Uh, over on, oh yeah, reserves? Right. They don't really matter. Xavier Coates, Herbie Farnworth, Tom Dean, and Ethan Bullimore. Okay, over at North Queensland, Cowboys side. So fullback, Valentine Holmes. On the wings. Now, we don't fully know where they'll line up, but I'm guessing Kyle Felt will still stay on the right wing. And on Ben Hampton will get on the left wing. And the most poor green move ever, Ben Hampton starting on the wing. In the centres, just only on Isan Masters. I don't know what side they'll line up on. Uh, and the halves, Scott Drinkwater and Michael Morgan, the captain. The forwards with Josh McGuire suspended. You've got John Asiata and Jordan McLean at the front rowers. Jake Granville still starting at hooker. The back row, Gavin Cooper, Cohen Hess, and Jason Tawalo at lock. On the bench, you've got Reese Robson, Mitchell Dunn, Shane Wright, and Frank Molo. The reserves, Corey Jensen, Kennelly Lumulu, I don't know how to say that, my bad. Tom Opacek and uh, Jake Clifford. 
And uh, so, Simo, we have a bit of disaster on our side of the field, obviously, but thank God for the existence of Paul of Green. Paul Green. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, yeah, both these teams are just an absolute disaster. And then there's just like a few standout players like Payne Haas, Fafita, like they'll be guns. And then on the other side, you've got like McLean, Tamil Halo. Yep. And then you just got, like you said, Ben Hampton's in there and Gavin Cooper's still playing for some reason. and like With two back rowers on the bench, though. There's a lot of average players in these two teams. There is, and it's like, that's one of the things that after they won the nines, these people started putting the Cowboys in their top four or five. And I did say on our Boom Rookies preview that the Cowboys roster was a top four side, but I never picked them in the top eight while Paul Green's still around. And this is the perfect example of it. It's like... Yeah, we'll give Justin O'Neill and Ben Hampton one more shot on the backs. You know what, Jake Granville, you're starting at hooker. Just one more shot. Gavin Cooper, mate, don't retire, please. Please hang around, Gav. Please. They've done that, and this is the team they've ended up with starting. Bizarre. The NRL Cowboys is very like the NFL Cowboys. It just looks like a stock stack side if you like had a better coach. And yeah. in the end, coaching is just going to let the side down. Yeah, that's it, hundred percent. And then over our side, let's go. Let's go through our team. So let's talk about the first, the real big talking points. The obvious one is Jack Bird playing fullback. Now, what 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 are your thoughts on that? I mean, aside from the fact what I said before about Asako and that, like it just doesn't seem smart to make somebody who's recovering from like the worst leg injury you can do pretty much an ACL make him run around that much. Hundred percent, mate. There's like. As you said, the, the it seems to be a weird way of trying to keep Darius Boyd in the side. And then you've got a guy coming back off a, of ACL uh, surgery and he's playing fullback. And we've even seen, you know, great fullbacks like Tuvasa Shek struggle the year back after this. But we've got Jack Bird doing it. And I know people don't watch the trials, or some do, and a lot of them listen to this book, the shit that gets spewed out, but... I know Seaball called him a standout. I've watched all three of those trials, and Bird was dead set garbage. And it doesn't mean he can't be good at fullback, and he won't be good at fullback, but what it means to me is that it, it, he should not be the fullback right now. What it means to me, like, he looks underweight, which is a, a rare thing for Jack Bird, because he seems to be overweight when he's playing, underweight when he's injured, but he's underweight, <laughs> and he got absolutely smashed by the Titans forward pack when he turned the ball. The Titans pack, the reserve one last week, and then he's made mistakes. He doesn't know where to support up the middle. He'll just stand behind the hooker and think that's support play. And these are all things he can learn, but it's like he's going to be learning at fullback whilst we've got Darius in the centres. And then we've got a guy, Asako, who, yes, had a tough year on the wing last year. He did have a bad year in the wing. I get it. But a guy who's a best goal kicker by a distance, but also is actually a fullback. And... You know, at least it will be a strong kick returner at the bare minimum at the back there, and we'll push up to the middle. Who we can put in there, get rid of Darius, Burke can be he's back in at centre. Just makes too much sense, and of course we haven't done it. Yeah, I just, I, I just don't get what Seabold, why he doesn't want to see Asako play fullback. It just seems like he gives he he experiments with absolutely everything like anything that pops in his head he, he experiments with that except for this one thing yeah yeah oh, I wouldn't be shocked if like Corey Oates joked today but he'd play pop if you got asked I wouldn't be shocked if that now gave Seabold the idea that Osako is going to come on the wing this weekend with 20 minutes to go Corey Oates is going to play in the middle that will not shock me now uh, I mean Osako's got to get on the field somehow so 
Yeah. I mean, he's playing Darius at centre apparently because the other teammate suggested it. It also came out that now Lodge said Bird might be good at fullback, so Seabold's trying that because Lodge said it. So yeah, why not just play Oates at prop? Oates reckons he can handle it. <laughs> God forbid your job is to put them in the right positions. God Lodge, forbid. Lodge is definitely the person I'd be listening to for tactical advice on That's football it, field. That's it. No, the the head coach shouldn't coach. What are, what are you talking about? That'd be ridiculous. <laughs> And then, like, I think Jesse Arthur is actually pretty talented, and I thought he was good through preseason. It looked okay when he played last year, but it's just like clearly like coach's pet decision, as well. He brought him over from the Titans, and he's just been given the start after Xavier Coates didn't grab that position with two hands. But it's like, yeah, again, Asako is just the utility or second utility because we have McCulloch as well. Oh, just looking forward to the spark McCulloch's going to give us off the bench. That zippy speed out of half. And like, obviously, we all want McCulloch gone, but I would—I'm not against the idea of him being our backup full-time hooker. But that means, like, you know, if Turpin is injured, McCulloch comes out of Queensland Cup and starts. Yeah. I can deal with him playing 50 minutes in those games. The idea of him coming off on after 55 minutes and just slowing the game down, yeah, so good. No, no, or, I don't have much else to add on him. Yeah. yeah, or the idea of him coming on and playing lock. <laughs> That's oh, it. and at least he won't slow the service down if he's playing lock. He can just make some tackles. That's it, man. And then look at the the left edge we have now. They're going to put Fafita on the left edge, which is fantastic. So it's going to have Milford, Fafita, Oates, and then Darius in the middle of that, just ruining it all for all of us. Brilliant. Um, apart from like obviously you're missing Lodge, I, the forward back looks Joe still pretty good. I, I mean, I wouldn't care if these other guys were playing here instead of Joe O anyway. But you know, mm-hmm. Turpin, Haas, Fafita, Pangai, um, and then if you had Lodge in that, like it's definitely a, a decent forward back. I mean, it'll be similar to last year where you win most of the forward back battles and then your backs and your halves are letting you down. Yeah, I mean we're kind of lucky Maguire's not playing this game. Because um, I think it gives us a bit of a bit of help. Because um, I don't like the bench we ran with, but the Cowboys haven't run a very strong bench either. So I don't like. I'm a, I, I'm actually happy Jamal Hopewadi's playing. I've mentioned a few times the last couple of years he's he deserves a first grade shot. I don't like the idea of having him as the second bench middle. It's just a bit of a small bench. But considering the Cowboys have kind of done similar, I'm not that anti it once they've been named but as you said that starting pack even without Lodge and Joe O it's, it's still pretty strong for Fida and Pangai where they belong we're better with Glenn Hinchard the captain um, yeah. ass in the middle and I think I think Paddy Carrigan I, I thought he was pretty average last year I think he's going to be in for a good season and the club are obviously willing that because they've given him I mean he's co-captain this week and if you guys didn't know he's officially the least inexperienced captain NRL captain ever He's taken over from the previous one, who's another great one. Ben Galea was the previous one with 23 games. And then Brody Croft being the co-captain. That's the stuff I don't sit easy with. Like, forcing this stuff upon Pat Carrigan and let it, instead of just letting it happen. Um, but I think he might, he, he might, he's in for a decent year. I, but I just don't like the fact that, like, the fact we want him to be captain next year, obviously. They're just forced, they're going to force him into the starting lineup rather than make him earn his spot. If you're going to force the captaincy on someone... Young, I'd much prefer either Haas or Fafita. They've both captained a lot in, you know, teams coming up and stuff. I think they could both do a really good job of that. And, like, I don't know. People always said the reason why you wouldn't give them the captaincy is because of how young they are. But, you know, Carrigan's not any older. 
Yeah, and it's like, well, is that, what is he, 22 and they're 20? Well, huge. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, not it, it's not much of a difference. It's not, and then, um, you know, it's just one of those things, this, this, this rings true again, it's like we've given Croft co-captain already, it's like, why do we not just sign a bloody experienced halfback? We wanted a leader, we wanted a captain, we wanted a guy to see the team around, why did we sign another child and hope he'd become that, rather than just signing an adult? Honestly, if you sign Aiden Caesar and you get him in and you make him the captain, it's like cool. yeah, there, there wasn't many captain options. Caesar could easily do that, you know, and no one. It's it's yeah. not embarrassing like this one is. It's not not at all, and it just and it just worries me. Like you know, I like having young talent, but I'm kind of already tired of us now. Our solution is youth and youth again, and it's like have we forgotten that like. Have we forgotten what this club can do if they want to do? It's like we never, we've never been a big recruiter. But if we want to, there's not many players we can't actually sign. But we just seem to like keep recruiting, like signing everyone we have at the club up forever, and then only signing young guys like Croft. But it's like we should have been, we should be in a space with our cap and flexible that you know when guys like Val Holmes, for example, come available, we can sign them or God knows who, like Cam Munster or the rumors of Ponga kind of thing. Like, do we forget that like? People joke about the Roosters, but they, they, people forget we have the same power. We just don't bloody use it. Like, we shouldn't have to rely on signing a Brody Croft. We could have, should have been able to go steal a good halfback. Yeah, I, I don't blame them for trying to stick with youth. I mean, we've all seen how many premierships the Panthers have, so it, it's a working <laughs> strategy. That's it. We should be the Bruces of the North, but we're Penrith of the North now, so it's good. Yep. Oh, well. <laughs> um, um, obviously, you said, yeah, though, I'm excited to game. see... Um, Payne Haas of a feeder this year. That does excite me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's all really I'm keen for. And Pangai. Can you hear me, mate? Yeah, I'm back to talking about the players you were talking about. Hang on. I think your ping is really high. Might have lost you. Yeah, my ping this went. Yours has gone up to five. This is fuck. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. Wait it out. This is absolutely great. Sweet. Yeah, my thing was telling back. me because I can't, can't. Yeah, you can't see your own ping, but I can see yours went up to like a thousand. I fuck knows what's going on. Hey, cast must be having issues. Yeah, I, yours is, yours is up near like a thousand, and then it drops a bit. But yeah. Um, yeah, fucked. Okay, yeah, anyway. you, yeah, you mentioned... Okay. You mentioned Haas and Fafita, and yeah, I'm keen for those two, keen for Pangai. There's not a whole heap of so I'm really keen for this year. Yes. Yeah, that's it, mate. And I'm, I'm keen for, like, Milford being back in a freer role. I'm not going to listen to this bullshit about being fitter than ever. Like, that's every offseason we hear this crap. It's like, I want to. I don't care about who wins the fitness competitions, mate. You know, I'm going to... The rugby league's what they're playing. They're not playing fitness. So I'll see how he goes when he's out there. But um, I'm I'm very keen to see Milford in the freer role. But I just, as you know, mate, we have, I have no faith in this lineup remaining the same. Like, I could, you know, Arthur's could be fullback in round three. Who bloody knows? Yeah, I mean, we should give him that fantasy designation now. So mm, we should, <laughs> you bastard. Um, <laughs> and one thing over the off season, mate. Like, I'm a Katoni Stags fan. But he's going into the range of most overrated players in the comp for me. Like, good attacking player, but do people like people like to knock players they don't like for their bad defence? Do people just ignore that Katoni Staggs is an open gate just because they like yeah, him? Yeah, 
Yeah, I think, yeah, he's just a likeable sort of person. It, like, he does some good stuff with the ball, so people are just happy to overlook the other stuff, you know. Yeah, it's like, you know, guys like Lua and James Roberts and similar who are hateable got hammered for their defence always and forever, but Staggs is worse, worse than both of them. Yeah, he's, you know, but he's got a a bad haircut and he does, he fends off some people, so people don't mind him. Well, I like him, mate, and, he, and you know, it's and he's 21. He's got a long, lot of room to grow, but I hate these people acting like he's already one of the best centers in the game. He's just not. <laughs> he's got a lot, a lot to learn, and I don't. And that's it's part of the problem for mine is the way we pump up our players up north and give them massive heads. Is what, why would you bother trying to improve, mate? If you think you're the best already, we we're definitely a club that overrates every single player. We are at our club. I mean, we're overrated by the comp in general. We've been through this before in the few previous years, but, you know, if you want to get paid, come to Brisbane because you'll be on Friday night and then someone will pay you 600k, like Herman Sese or Jared Wallace or similar, to move on. A player's always get overrated, but he's another classic example of it right now. And it doesn't mean he's not good. It's just like, come on, he's got a lot of holes in his game. Yeah. I think our, um, I think our best sender, mate, is Tessie Newey. <laughs> another kid. <laughs> I just about, but he can't even play. That's all right. Just keep, you know, send them down that production line. That's it, mate. That's and keep it. releasing them when they're like 22. That's it. And what's depressing as well, mate, looking at these team lists is like, we went and signed Brody Croft, but the, there's a half on the bench of the other team I would have rather have had. Jake Clifford, and he's not playing bloody first grade. That kills me. He's too young to play first grade at the Cowboys. <laughs> he is, mate. He needs, he needs to be far more experienced. You know, maybe, you know, 28, 29. That's, that's what Cranny's telling him, mate. And he's, well, I need you to work on, mate, for next week. He's your age. <laughs> 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 if you could just get a little older for me by next week, you might, you'll get you in there. I think what it actually was, was in training, he ran an off-the-cuff play and, like, didn't do the, didn't do the set play. And that, <laughs> that, was just, that wasn't on for Greeny, so... That's it. Well, I, I think I think like guys like Val Holmes, for example, are going to have a huge year at the Cowboys this year. He's come back in really good shape, but it's like, yeah, well, until the Paul Green stops, I can never predict them to do well. And I, and I think they they'll keep us in this game more than they should because they'll still run the same the same block play seventeen times in a row. It's going to be great. I mean, we remember that they made the grand final, and then that was without JT. And then everyone was like, JT, you got that team, and now JT's coming back. They're going to win the grand final. And then they just do an absolute disaster that year. It's just... People always say, like, a lot of coaches are really good at a spot for a few years, and then, like, you know, it wears off, or the game moves on from them, like, either of those kind of things. And, I mean, I think Greeny's more that the game has moved on for what works for him, and he's not adapted. That's it, mate. Well, you saw how much they, that team enjoyed the nines when he wasn't coaching them. And even there was even things they were saying after the game, they just enjoyed their footy more. The, the players were talking about it and how much more fun it was than playing structured. And it's like, well, they go straight back to the structure. <laughs> yeah, look forward. Four hit-ups and then a block play to the right. That's it, mate. But, um, it is funny, though. We've come so long on this podcast that, like, three like three years ago, me and you, we went, one, one point we went through the entire season schedule and we could have talked ourselves into the Broncos going undefeated. <laughs> 2016 I remember I was after that grand final I was absolutely convinced Broncos were winning one of the next two grand finals yeah it was like nailed on yeah and it's like oh, through, yeah. if it wasn't for Origin we'd be undefeated this year <laughs> that bloody Origin we did start that year well to be fair but yeah now I look through the schedule I'm like well at least we've got the Titans in round three and then it's like oh uh, I guess uh, yeah, I don't know. The Dragons round 10? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, but that's that's too early season for the, that's good dragons then. That is good dragons. That's it. But um, so what I'm saying here is that I don't think I'll be able to predict Broncos 13 plus with any four form of seriousness <laughs> anymore. <laughs> How good was it? Remember when we put 53 on the Knights at Suncorp? Disrespectful Mate, Milford field goals. Can we go back greats. to that? Can we please? Uh, again, I was hoping that Milford at least has like the the the. Uh, the clamps taken off this year, and even if we have some terrible games, as we both as we both know, there's enough individual talent in like six of these players that will win games. But I have I have no t- I have no faith in the combined success of this side throughout the season. But I have faith in the individual talents that will probably still be a top eight side. But I've you know the range of outcomes wouldn't surprise me. I mean, we've mentioned Pangai for Fita Haas. We've seen plays that they can just pull off just single-handedly, you know, last year. Milford, he can do the same. Even you got, like, Stags, you wouldn't be surprised if there's a tight game and he just fends off three people and scores a try. Like, he can do that. Yeah, as you said, yeah. there's a, there is a fair bit of, like, talent in individual players in this side. It's definitely a team that is worse than the sum of its parts. <laughs> it is. It is. It's a very, very... It is a talent from the Professor Seabold there, mate. He's figured that out. <laughs> The smartest man in rugby league. Just don't ask anybody else. But like, <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's figured it out. McCulloch, yeah. oh, whatever, McCulloch, whatever. But it's one of those things. Like, I'm down on so much of this, but it's like, as we know from last year, he'll change. Half it'll change by next week or two weeks when we when we're zero three. He'll have to shake it up. We might see the right team. Give us something else to be down about. That's it, and then we're still, and then people will still blame Wayne Bennett end of the year when he's still playing McCulloch. It's like, oh, bloody Wayne put a clause in his contract that he has to play. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, always Wayne. <laughs> even when it was Lockyer, it was still Wayne. It was like, yeah, even when the, he, the guy down in down the Rabbitohs now retiring GI and Sam Burgess, yeah, he's the one to blame for for us keeping on cooked players. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like Darren Lockie says he's the one that signed Darius Boyd and then everyone else is like, oh, bloody Wayne. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, uh, mate, old, old mate uh, Lockyer, like, uh, I love you, Darren. Can you can you just stop talking about our team? <laughs> his his team-building ability is just inversely correlated to his footballing ability. Yeah, oh, I mean, it's one of those things, mate, like, it's we kind of run a bit like Newcastle in that sense now too, a bit of a jobs for the boys sense. It's like... He's just in that role because of who he is, not because of what he can do. You yeah, know? absolutely. Just because you're a great player doesn't mean you should be in recruitment or retention or on a board or whatever. And it's just classic, like, Newcastle making putting Badiris in that kind of role now, too. It's like, yeah, that's what we do. Yeah, and it's not even, it, like, if he was the same player at a different club, it, like, it's not even just the player side. It's just that he played for the Broncos. If he was that that's player it. at the Cowboys, he wouldn't have this job. Hundred percent, man. It's like, if, and it's one of those things. I've realised this off season. You know, I've read. I think I've shared you some links. So I've read some crazy old Broncos '90s rugby league books, and it's made me realise, you know, that the club I support now isn't the club I fell in love with. In terms of not on the field, obviously they're doing worse, but in terms of the people who run the place, and how and the attitude around the joint, like, you know, we this this club thinks it's the best. Those guys knew they were the best. Yeah, you know, there's a small difference there, and like we were, we we were genuine game changers back then. I mean, the Broncos were such a good side that the league tried to change itself to try and handicap us and bring us back to the pack for Christ's sake. Um, and now it's like kind of we're kind of a laughing stock. I mean, seeing other people's fans laugh at like they just think the Broncos have figured it out by now, but we just haven't. <laughs> like people are laughing at us. It's 
it's great. Uh, it, people always like when people talk about putting a second team in Brisbane, and they're like, "Oh, you know, it'll help bring the Broncos back to the pack or whatever." Well, firstly, jokes on you guys. Didn't need any help. We did it by ourselves. Um, yeah, we did. But I always just said like it. It wouldn't matter. You could have like eight teams in Brisbane. The team that's run the best is going to do essentially what the Broncos did in the past. Like, and you can even see that in Sydney. Like the Roosters are the best run club in well, or the second best in the league. It doesn't matter that there's nine teams in Sydney. Like they can sign who they want, they can do what they want, and they won back-to-back premierships. You know, like if you have two teams in Brisbane and the second team is just an absolute tire fire like the Titans. It's not going to affect the Broncos. Like the only thing that would affect the Broncos up and down is how well the Broncos themselves are run. That's it, mate. It's like, yeah, the Storm have they're in Melbourne, but like they they're good because of who's at the club, not because they're the bloody Storm. And that you know that's what Brisbane was. Had a lot of strong leaders. They're not there anymore, and they're resting on our laurels. And actually, at this point, I'm becoming pro the second Brisbane team because it might shake us into doing something. Yeah, I mean, I'm not no. against it. I. I've never minded it that much, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see if it happens. But as you said, it's not this weird thing people think it'll just be another Broncos. That's just a terrible assumption. It has to be the right people. If it's just run, like you said, like the Titans, it's not going to go anywhere. Like, in the end, there's 16 teams in the comp, and there's probably only two that are actually run well, like, mm. run great. There might be a couple others that are run, you know, fairly well, but... The, the two best teams of the last decade, the Roosters and the Storm, are the two best for a reason. And it's not to do with where they play football. It's not. It, and they do so, so much basic stuff right that everyone else makes it look so difficult. Like, hey, they just let players go when they want a lot of money and they're not that good. <laughs> it's like, oh, wow, they figured it out. Like, you yeah. know, like Ryan Madison's getting paid at the Eels now and he's a good player, but the Roosters didn't need him to win shit. No, he left and they're still fine. They're still fine. I mean, we just, the Storm have been doing this every year for the last 20 years, but it's like for us, like, and the point I'm getting to there is like, I love all of our young forwards, but we, us not making a decision on who we we're keeping is stupid. You can't keep them all. We've, we're going to keep them all. We've paid them all, but it's like you do that, they say you end up with a discount bargain bin halfback and then no, and don't know who your fullback is. This is what happens. You can't, it's just, it's a salary cap league for a reason. You can't keep them all. Yep. No. But yeah. Well, sorry, good teams can't keep them all. A, a premiership winning side is not keeping the whole side together. No. That's it. Okay, anyway, let's move on from this. I am picking the Broncos, but really I don't think we're going to win. <laughs> yeah, Broncos 13+. plus. That's it. Let's do the questions. Radio over on Facebook we got from Matt Cultus. I think the Broncos are going to have a terrible year. Changed my mind. <laughs> yeah, I can't. <laughs> no, nah, I mean... I don't think our last ten minutes is going to change anyone's change his mind. Well, we're not trying to. <laughs> uh, Elliot Davis, you blokes happy up with Bird at fullback? I don't mind it. I really was worried about Asako not being able to handle the pressure of playing there. Also, what would you guys count as a pass mark for the first four games? I genuinely think they're all winnable, but considering we have lost Lodge and Offer, our spine will take a few games to gel. I'd be happy if we go two out of four minimum. Three would be ideal. Four's ideal. Um, yeah. <laughs> pass mark for me, three of them. Like, you know, the the we should be beating the Cowboys, Titans, Panthers. We should be. Yeah. No, but. And 
Yeah, we covered Bird at fullback, but like I'm not I'm not anti it as a long term thing if that was what we want to do. But I'm anti because I know it's not going to last long term. Probably not going to be at the club next year. He's not in the right shape for it now. And yes, Asako might not handle under pressure, but some of the Asako's best plays for us over the last couple of years, and his best work in reserve grades when he was in the middle of the field. Like the match he won us against the Cowboys, for exa- sorry, against the Roosters, for example. You know, he isn't the best winger. It's, you don't have to be a great winger to be a good fullback. Yeah, I think he'd do much better there. Um, so on these games, I reckon, like I would be happy with two or three, but I don't know if we even beat. I don't know if we win two. Yeah, like round I actually, three. Titans. I actually kind of want to lose until we have to get rid of Boyd and McCulloch. So, I mean, I could easily like Cowboys those in in Townsville. That game's always either way. But then you got obviously Bunnies, Titans on a Sunday in the sun. And then Panthers in Sydney on a Saturday. Like you, you can just definitely see losses there. Yeah, I mean, I I don't. Um, it's pre- early season, mate. It's always a bit of a lottery. But Penrith's team is worse on paper than they've than they've been in a few years. But that Penrith team is in the best place to win games at the start of the year than they've been in a long time. Like people, they've been starting years bad the last few years. But like this is the first off season in like six years they haven't had like a million media members down at their club in the off season. Like. Last year they went through the sex tape scandals, and the and the Cleary brothers stuff. Previous year they went for the Moylan and Maloney stuff. Uh, they had the Cartwright incident, so they've had busy off seasons the last like three years of chaos. So they're not going to be easy beats at round four either, for example. And the Titans are going through change, but you know if you want it to be taken seriously, you should be beating those three teams: Cowboys, Titans, Panthers. Yeah. Uh, from David Ryland, he said, This year my hope is that we're the top eight by mid-year. Low expectations mean no disappointment. My question is, what are we going to do with Hasako? His defence seems substandard. I do agree on the on the wing defence's average, and I'm shit scared of a defensive edge of Croft, Staggs, Hasako. There was a try, I forget whose name, but in the nines that Storm players scored, and he ran through all three of them, and it was so embarrassing, one singular player. I'm scared of that edge. But, um, again, a lot of that symptoms of poor defense of a winger, 90% of it is generally what happened inside of him. Yeah. And the winger gets, gets blamed for it. And and generally, Osako being over panicky, over jumpy, is because of problems inside of him. There's, there is times he's charging when he shouldn't have to, which is terrible. But uh, a lot of it will come down from guys inside of him. Maybe if people didn't love Stag so much, they might see he's at fault for a lot of those things they blame Osako for. Uh, Andrew Affleck, did the Broncos really learn anything from the 58-0 drubbing? Plenty of talk, but no real action. Same management, coaches, players, bar Croft. No, we didn't. We seemed to, we just seemed to just let it go. Just like we talked big game the next week and nothing's happened. Yeah, like there was a lot of talk after that game about everything that was going to change. Like the way they were talking, you wouldn't have been surprised if like 10 players got moved on. But yeah, like... Gillette got retired, that's it. Everyone else got to stay around and then, yeah, whatever. Uh, Cameron Anker, how long do you think the Macca at 14 experiment will last? Please don't say longer than one game. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have no read on, on Seabold at all. I said earlier about how long things will last. But maybe another player will mention it to him this week that's not a good idea and it might change. <laughs> but, um, you know, otherwise, I don't have no idea. There's someone that thinks they're smarter than everybody they've ever 
like being in the same room as he's happy to take advice from a lot of dumb people around him. <laughs> and a lot of meatheads. <laughs> I would have thought he would have thought he was above all of those guys and like refused to listen to them. But you know, what do I know? Um, it's not exactly Cam, Billy, and Cooper coming to you with advice, <laughs> is it? <laughs> uh, uh, GCZ, uh, what do you know you can tell us about young prop Ethan Bullimore? He looks big, strong, aggressive, lump of a lad. Will he get a start this year? He'll no doubt get a game this year. I think he's the next drop forward from what's there now. Um, I don't know. I was kind of impressed with him in, in Queensland Cup for a bit, watching him play that. But um, and I go, it's only one preseason. I'm not sure he's any of those guys that has what it takes to take the step to to playing against the physical level of the NRL. I don't know if there's enough to him. If you get me, like his footwork seems pretty average. Hasn't really got much of a leg drive. Hasn't got much of an offload. I'm hoping I'm wrong on him, but he didn't really impress me having his first real trials against against uh, NRL quality opposition this off season. But I think he's supposed to be one of those guys that's a bit more of a year away than what he is now. He's not supposed to play much first grade this year, but I think he will just because of Lodge being gone already and um, kind of, he's already down there, like Lodge is out, Joe is out and he's the next guy off the bench, you think at some point this year we'd be missing more than three or four forwards and he'll get a run Yeah, around Origin too you'd probably have a couple yeah. people out and uh, from Scott Lockyer he says, how much preseason attitude adjustment training did Boldy run? Boldy <laughs> <laughs> God, well, there was some weird stuff. I mean, I don't know if you guys heard, guys heard this interview he had with Channel 10 talking about his own attitude and how, like, last year he didn't talk and build enough relationships with the players and just demanded more Exeters and O's. It's like, mate. And he was shocked by, like, um, coming into Brisbane and he said there's a lot of spotlight up there. He wasn't expecting all that kind of stuff. Uh, and he also mentioned again that he's in at 5 a.m. the next day, which, you know, he has to just keep telling us that. <laughs> But all it's I'm like, saying is how that... How do you Bruce... know Seabold... Sorry, go. Now you go, you go. Oh, it's just very similar to like that vegan joke. How do you know if Seabold's getting to work at <laughs> five in the morning? Don't worry, he'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, that's it, mate. That's it, mate. Put it on his own Instagram and everything too. But um, yeah, it's... Okay, it can't be that preseason as bad as last preseason is what I'm saying. Like, But considering, you know... We've already come to a point where he's changed his mind on players two weeks before the season started after a whole pre-season. It's not great. It just seems to be like... He's like one of those guys, like, you know, you look at your fantasy team on the toilet or whatever. He's on there with his his team depth chart and just flips, <laughs> flipping guys around on the, in the toilet. He's like, ah, oh, psycho or bird? A psycho or bird? Yeah. Logie reckons bird. I'll start him. Um. It's just very interesting too. He had a comment where he said how when he came to Brisbane, he should have spent the first few weeks getting to know the players more than you know running training drills or whatever. Yeah. And it's just interesting that like, I mean, obviously we're big Wayne Bennett fans, but like that's the way Wayne Bennett always does it. He's always like you know cares for the people first before the footballers. Like you hear a million footballers, they all say it about him. And then you also you remember like halfway through the year, I forget who they beat. South had a really good win and then Wayne was in there like dancing and like banging on the yeah. wheelie bin and like you know beat us I think <laughs> oh, it, it might have been us I can't I've I blocked it out but like Seabold's not doing that and if he did nobody cares enough to dance with him from the Broncos players like it's more there's more to it than just yeah you know these X's and those O's that's it, mate. It's like it's it's just we've been through this before so many times. It's, rugby league's a simple game, and a lot of it is like, 
you know, a t- happy team will do half the job. Like, our boy, uh, Wayne is senile now, okay? Like, he forgets the names of his own players. You heard that post-game. <laughs> it doesn't... That shows you, like, how good he is, the fact that he can still be senile, but the players like him enough that they still turn up every week. Oh... Yeah. Um, from just a couple more questions from also from Scott Lockyer. Is that do you see the inf- yeah. defense improving much, and how will Asako be used in the fourteen? I don't. I don't know about the defense, mate. Like I have, nothing's really changed in terms of our staffing in that regard. And the the the, the problem defensively, like Croft is still a, an open gate on that side. Um. Boyd's at the centre of the other end who's going to get burnt by anyone with any pace whatsoever. They got burnt by Callum Watkins already in the preseason, And then you've got a guy at fullback who's learning the position whose positioning will probably be pretty average. I don't know if the defence will be any better, mate. And Asako off the bench, your guess is as good as mine. Um, righto, from Jaden Ed. With Boyd's retirement, what was his best year at the club? Oh, it's, it's 20, 2016. Is it 15, is it? Sorry. 2010. 2010. Yeah, at our club. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think 2016 was his good year for us. Like he was, he was good in 2015, but 16 yeah, I think 16, was his yeah. best. Um, I think that was probably the only year he had better than 2010, probably. Um, yeah, or at least in a similar level. But it was definitely, I think, by far and away his best year at the Broncos. Yeah. Uh, Matt Weston, Brody Croft, is he the halfback we've been needing, and will he, will he have been a valuable signing come end of the season? Uh, he is a halfback, and we have been needing one of them. <laughs> uh, righto. Um, <laughs> yeah. Roxanne Clark, could this be Seabolt's <laughs> last year if the team doesn't make the top eight? Yep. I know he's got a long time running on his contract, but uh, there's already some pressure, I feel like, coming up there. And Paul White's gone into this year too, but if we don't make the eight, the, people, the Broncos don't put up with that. Although I said that last year when you got done by 58 in the finals, and we seem to put up with that, but... I think um, I just think the length of he has it would depend on how it happens. Yeah, I think if it's close, yeah. I think he'd be fine. And obviously on thin ice, but if you you know like four games out of the eight or whatever, I, if it's not close like that, I think he'd be gone. Yeah, I agree with you, mate. Uh, from Nico John, with so much talent in the outside backs, can you see Corey Oates moving to the forward rotation soon? I don't know if this is a troll question. <laughs> Because I hammered this like four years ago on the podcast, so you might be a new listener, but like Corey it's, Oates is never a second rower till he's a second rower. I mean, also, the second rowers we have, the last place we want is then like trying to force Corey Oates into there as well. Yep, yeah, he's our best back, and we don't need another second rower. If it happens in like three years, fair enough, but it's like people need to give up and try to force it to happen. He isn't as old as you think he is. I mean, at the moment, like he's, he's we, have, we have TPJ there and Fafita who both can't get a spot they should have when Glenn's fit. So I, yeah. I don't think we need to try to shoehorn another second rower in there. Um, Cameron Beswick, quick thoughts on the NFL playoffs and Super Bowl. How about them Titans? Oh, they were great this year. I mean, the, the Ravens' loss was 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 interesting, obviously, with to the Titans. But um, seeing this Chiefs win was, was good and having a fun Super Bowl, which doesn't happen often anymore, was fantastic. I thought it was one of the best playoffs in a while. Yeah, I mean, I'm all about Pats losing. It's great. Ravens choking. That's amazing. It's just all around. It was, it was a fun. lot of fun. Um, and, you know, Chiefs just... I mean, I'm sure there's lots of teams that are likeable when they first start being good. I'm sure people like the Pats when they first were good in, like, 2000. But at this point, they're just enjoyable to watch. 
Yeah. You know, maybe Agreed. if they're ridiculously good for 15 years, I'll start to hate them then. But at this point, <laughs> at this point, they're enjoyable. Uh, from, I'm not sure how to pronounce this, Kyron Paul Watt. How good is the New Jersey? Wait, what New Jersey? I guess just the home one. I'm not it's a fan. A, it's the same jersey with Kia on it. With the worst sponsor. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean... Thank God they didn't. They went black, but it's oh, like yeah. you've got it's. It's still terrible. I loved. I loved NRMA because they let us change the color of their logo, which lots of sponsors don't let you do. Kia obviously did. They let us put black oh. instead of the red. But still, it's still it's weird. It's like, but yeah, whatever. I know it's black instead of red, but still, it's not great. But I think sponsors need to, like. I think if they worked with the jerseys, they could get a better looking. Like if it looks better on the shirt, it's then better for them. Like say. Take the Bulldogs Kia jersey. If they have a slightly smaller logo and a blue Kia that fits the jersey well, like it just looks a million times better on that shirt instead of the bright red. Yeah. But I guess they probably don't care too much about that. Uh, from Mark Clark, he said, How is JK, so I'm assuming Jordan Kahu, going with his injury? Is Jordan Kahu injured? I don't know who else JK could be. I think Jordan Kahu is just not very good at this point of his life. He's just not the. Uh, he's just not near the team. But it's all right. So he heats a cap. One of like the seventeen backs we have signed up, and that more money than a halfback. <laughs> yeah, that's what we love. Yeah. Uh, righto, over on the Twitter from Mister Underscore S Triple Eight. Why the hell are you putting yourselves through this pain? Um, We're idiots. <laughs> was Beric Barnes the missing ingredient to us winning more premierships from two thousand and seven to two thousand and eleven? Seven to eleven. I think bad coaches no, was the missing ingredient there. Well, good coaches yeah, was I mean, the missing the, ingredient. 2011 was going to happen if Lockie didn't have what happened to Darren. Like, it was going to happen, but um, it wasn't Barry Barnes. We had a couple of bad losses in that time in big games. Yeah, like the 2008 one, we were, we were good then. 2011. But that was a period when we knew we were the, Bron- we were the Broncos, mate. We went and signed Easy Flower when we wanted to. We actually made some big signings through those few years. We realised, we- oh, wait, if we're good, we can sign players. Yep. Uh, he also asks, has anybody seen Jack Bird and Simo in the same room? And yes, lots of people have at Magic Round. <laughs> they, they have, mate. And it's one of those things like Simo... Um, sorry, Jack Bird, I, I want to be behind him this year. I'm not, ch- down, I'm not riding him down at fullback. But that mullet is exceptional. That's why I want to be behind him. He deserves support. It, for that it is quite an exceptional hairstyle. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I never want players to do bad. Like I would much prefer Brody Croft actually be the next Cooper Cronk and come out and kill it for us. Like everyone's life's easier if that happens, you know. It, it's almost a win-win for me, right? If he, because if he stays shit, I'm proven right. Even though there's yep. no points of being right on Brody Croft, like no one, ever, I don't get a, a trophy. It's like when I was right on Woods and Moreland for years. We can make I got you a trophy. For like six, I got attacked for like six years on Woods and Moreland. The moment everyone else agreed there was shit, there was no trophy. No one, no one. <laughs> get, there was no celebration. Anyway, it's like you know this. It's like a win-win, I guess. And then if he turns out to be being as good as people say he's going to be. Well, that's good. He plays for my team. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to be wrong there. Um, righto, from Offsport Matters. Assuming the loan rule gets up, what? Uh, who could we loan uh, Tessie New or Corey Pakes? Who would we get? Well, we. I don't think loaning either of those gets us what we need <laughs> because we need a halfback and we already think we've got one there. Um, 
and also, I don't know if you can loan Tessie because he's on a development contract, but I think... T- I honestly think Tessie New is um, the player or the rest of our backs get talked up to be before they debut. I think he's absolutely special. Um, and here I am hyping up players when I hate doing, other people doing that. But I'm a big fan. But um, if we were to loan him out, what would I want back? A f- I don't know. Can we get a fullback and actually play them at fullback? <laughs> Can we loan him um, to the Cowboys and then Greeny won't play him when we get back Jake Clifford? Yeah, and then we get back a fit new as well because he hasn't played. Um, he also it. asked then top top three Broncos fake trades. I mean, fake if trades. everyone overrates, if everyone overrates Croft so much, we could trade him. Who could we get yeah, back for, for fake him? trades? I mean, if we're talking fake trades, can I just force someone to take bad deals? Are we, can I swap McCulloch for somebody? I mean, the three players I'm wanting to dump is Boyd, McCulloch, and Croft. So who can we send them to? This is great. Okay. We'll, we'll just swap Boyd for Tedesco, obviously. <laughs> there's our fullback. Probably the same contract, sadly. But there's our fullback. McCulloch can go over to the Warriors. We can get um, Fusatua. There's no good Warriors. We'll get Fusatua. Let's, no, let's get Nick Rima back and have you as the 14 where he belongs. <laughs> um, yeah, Fusatua. We'll swap out Croft. Oh, oh, we send him to the Titans, and we'll take back Ash Taylor. Sounds good, mate. Because I actually hate a lot of the halfbacks in the competition right now. Yeah, it's had that weird period; all the good ones are retired. But bring back Ash, I'll do it. Yeah. Um, right from Corey Goats. On a scale of Jack Reed to Justin Hodges, how bad will Darius Boyd be at centre, and how much will of this affect Corey Oates? I think the res- someone's response absolutely nailed this: is that he's going to make Jack Reed look like Justin Hodges. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I can't disagree with that at all. That's just pretty spot on, really. Mm. Uh, if the NRL did an NFL rookie-type combine, who would be the big winners? Payne Haas would be the best big winner because it's not about being the fastest, as people think it is. It's about being the fastest or the most athletic for your size. And Haas is one of those freaks that him and Tamalola would be the two biggest winners. They'd be the ones that, for their weight, they'd have the biggest speed for their weight. Yeah. Uh, Fafita would probably do pretty decent too. He's pretty he would quick. as well. Uh, Eddie NZ, did Broncos management forecast these rough seasons ahead and give us trash home and away jerseys to match? <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, I'd say yes. Why wouldn't they? From Jared underscore underscore S, can this season be over already? No. Uh, can we just veto the Broncos games and watch the rest of them? Yeah, it's like I'm still a big rugby league fan. I'm just not a Broncos fan. <laughs> James K underscore thirteen twelve. Welcome back, lads. What show are you going to recap at the end of episodes now? Game of Thrones is over. Oh, I don't know. Like, I think it's just we, we recommendation could come back. I don't know. We figure something else out. But at this point, we 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 ramble so long about misery. We don't even know if we need that segment. <laughs> I just think uh, what the world had in Game of Thrones will never happen again with streaming we've talked about this but with streaming services and you release a season at a time yeah. you're just not going to get where the whole world sits down on the same day and watches Game of Thrones together it's just it. it's not going to happen um, I actually followed the Watchmen week to week over this over like the break but like that was a show that I couldn't talk about in the podcast I didn't know what was going on half the time <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah we got, we'll do recommendation station still I think um, 
from Cruzy06. Happy New Year. There. Happy New Year, lads. Okay, last year both Milf and Boyd played through injuries. Do you think both players will step up, and how long do you think Bird at fullback will last? I think Bird at fullback will be gone in under five rounds, and I think Milford, the, this weird fitness chat, like he he's not he, he had a hamstring twinge in the nines. That counts as fitness, right? I'm not sure that he's in 100% shape in terms of his body, still. Yeah. I mean, I never listened too much to that fitness stuff. Last year, Boyd, remember, he was the fittest yep. he's ever been. He was breaking all his speed records, all the rest of it, and just how bad he was. It's just You just wait and see how it pans out. Yeah, running uh, in a straight line triple. in a fitness drill is not rugby league fitness. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, from Butsy Triple Eight, does hunting orcs ease the pain of making the top eight? Um, how does a Broncos player even get caught using coke, or is Parisi simply not good enough to get the sweep rug treatment? Yeah, I think they're trying to figure that one out now, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'm leaning that way. Clearly, Seabold doesn't care enough about him. Just let yeah. the cops deal with that one. Uh, Aaron J. Rose, top 17 for the year and why we won't see that team run out all season. <laughs> okay, top 17 for the year. Uh, Asako at fullback. Uh, Oates on left wing. Uh, my boy Tessie New, left centre. Right centre, Stags. Right wing, I don't actually know. We have so many average what ones. Let's there? go Herbie Farmworth, whatever. Uh, halves, oh God. Milford and Deard? <laughs> <The> traffic cone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's in a traffic code. Because uh, Sean O'Sullivan's injured as well. I don't know. Uh, front row. I mean, the four pack's pretty good. You know, except for Glenn. The rest of it I'm okay with. Uh, and then Jack Burke can be the utility. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's it's not hard to pick that team. Uh, from yeah, danger not. underscore angel, if you kill, if you kill yourselves because the Broncos drive you over the edge, recapping them every week, are you organising the, to bequest the to the club beforehand? <laughs> no. Oh, definitely. Oh, no, they're not. They owe me things. If I die, they owe my family. Bequest <laughs> something to my family. Uh, from Budu Inya. Is it weird that even Broncos Weekly-ish can recap the Broncos, but nobody, not even NRL HQ, can recap the Roosters' salary spend? <laughs> uh, um, team underscore Daisy. Can you confirm Anthony Milford's official weight? I'm an armchair critic who weighs 113 kilos, give or take a few dark Tim Tams. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Ewan underscore Thomas I only started listening to the podcast at the end of the season I mourned the Broncos season and the trial games by going back and listening to earlier podcasts there is nothing funnier than hearing your comments on Brodie Croft now that we've signed him faced with tears of joy hindsight I hate everything (laughs) it was like I kept denying that was going to happen and then the day it happened my phone just blew up and I was just shattered you remember when it was like a week before or whatever Seabold met him at like some Chinese restaurant or whatever in Sydney. Near my work. <laughs> like across the road from my office. <laughs> Just mocking you. Uh, uh, from Matty McP, 25. Is playing finals That's football it. overrated? Uh, I think we've split up again. Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, it's overrated, I think. Yeah, I, I only want to play football if finals football if I'm a great team. Okay, anyway, let's just end it, mate. You're going to break, break it up again, hey? Oh, I can hear you. You can hear me? No. I'm back. Yeah, I think you're back there now. Um, GM Walker underscore. A pretty perfect off-season for the Broncos. Assault, drugs, bars, torn ACL in training, DUI suspension. Sent the lads to Perth to play 36 minutes. Name a captain who should be in the Super League. Name Darius for week one, then watch him get rinsed by Callum Watkins. Look, just yeah, just ask Paul White. They're full of remorse and regret. Okay, <laughs> move on. That, They're remorseful and regretful. The Broncos off season could almost be like a we didn't start the fire type song from Billy Joel. I'm sure there's enough incidents to get them to arrive. <laughs> uh, Denny Boy, 1995. Who's more effed? A certain 20 year old in Coffs Harbour in 2004, or the Broncos this season with Harvard Tony at the helm? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, there's probably another Bron- Bulldogs trip to talk about now. Uh, from at Cap, <laughs> Cap Z Live, like one word. Any idea what Paul Kent was talking about tonight when he was talking about Brisbane? He suggested there's some heat to bear and whispers around town. Any idea what this is? He's talking absolute shit as always, but he's just obviously alluding to pressure on Anthony Seawold and decision makers at the club. Um, last question here from uh, Real underscore Mr. Ives. A fullback, a hooker, and a 93-kilogram second rower. Tim Sheens has nothing on Seabold. He doesn't, mate. It's great. <laughs> great bench. <laughs> oh, we'll be playing Matout here in no time. Um, yeah. Well, yes. Last one. Yes. <laughs> Get him. Sign him up. Ah. <laughs> uh, Righto. Cool. That's it. That's the way it's gonna be, little darling. We'll be riding on the horses, yeah, yeah. Way up in the sky, little darling. And if you fall, pick you up, pick you Yeah, righto. Um, sorry for the kind of dodgy podcast and the, with the internet like this, but yeah, it should be better next week. See ya.